It's the... Meg, John and Justin... Podcast! Yay! Yay. I like that one. Um, We're back. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, And if you do enjoy listening to us, then please do think about subscribing to our podcast so that we just drop effortlessly into your (laughs) podcast app on your phone. Usually like iTunes podcast app or something like that. Yeah. Um, And if you do subscribe, thank you. Uh, Could you please tell everyone and also leave us a wonderful review at iTunes. That would be fantastic. If you could leave us a review, more people will find out about us and we'll get the word out there about all the stuff that we talk about. That would be ace. Thank you in advance. Um, yeah, thank you from me as well. Um, so we're slightly downbeat today. We've had a hell of a time, both of us, yeah. in various ways this last week or so. Yeah, we won't go into any details, but no. we're quite low energy. Yeah, but it's gonna so it's gonna be a slow, smooth one. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. Uh, Let's <laughs> start as we mean to go on. Yeah, slow and smooth. <laughs> so um, we've got a question this week, haven't we, Anne We do. We Thank have a question from a listener. Thank you, listener. Um, the question is, my sex therapist is talking about solo sex as part of our work. Um, that's a couple seeing a sex therapist, I think. But I only want to do things with my partner. Mm. Yeah. Interesting one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I we were talking the first thing that came up for us again is uh, surprise surprise consent oh is it consent it's consent that's the first yeah. thing we thought of yeah well, <laughs> funny that so um, yeah we kind of don't think that people should be put in a position where they feel like they have to do something obviously mm-hmm. and there is a power relationship going on with the therapist and client that yes. the therapist really needs to be super aware of and even though it sounds like it might be sensible advice on the surface to do something by yourself, mm-hmm. um, we need to take into account that the, that people may not want to do this for yeah. lots of reasons, which we'll talk about in a bit. So really, the first thing is consent, isn't it? Definitely. That you know, it would not be good for you to do anything a therapist said if you weren't feeling fully self-consenting mm-hmm. around it, because, like you say, massive power imbalance, and you know that. That any good therapist wouldn't want you to do that until you were in a place of self-consent and if and if you weren't then they mm-hmm. would they wouldn't want you to do it because it's just a really bad message to give yourself to try and force yourself to do something particularly something sexual yeah. and it would have that adverse effect you know we've talked before about if you force something sexual it makes you less interested in sex generally speaking definitely yeah and we don't want to be like going to see a therapist shouldn't be kind of recreating what happens in partner sex in a, in a different space right yeah. where somebody's trying to just tell us what it is that we should be doing and give us a whole Mm -hmm. set of shoulds it should be an opportunity to bring um consent and choice and invitations in the same way so what happens in a therapy room can very much be a model for what might happen yeah and again it's like what as we say a lot what works for sex works for everything else like whoever whatever kind of therapy you're having it should not be the case that you feel a therapist is telling you or suggesting you do things that feel really like not okay for you. Exactly. It should be a relationship, you know, co-created relationship and also it should be empowering to you really. Good therapy is about empowering the client to find their way, yeah. not, imp- not imposing the therapist's way on the client. It's about working with the client and what the client has and working mm. with where, where the client is in terms of what they're comfortable with, but also their values and attitudes mm. and their their general outlook on sex mm-hmm. um so really like advice for the therapist here would be to try and be more invitational around these kinds of things yeah. so like 
maybe putting it on the table that this is something that could be tried but then like really trying to tune into the client as to you yeah. know if they're bristling about that yeah and, uh, uh like and the seats have gone quite cold on the idea or, or looking away or something that's mm-hmm. a sign that maybe that's not something that's going to work for them and that's the thing it's about yeah equipping the client with tools right yeah i mean to be fair on a therapist i think a lot of people have misunderstandings about therapy and they think of like the media version mm. so it may be that this therapist did put it forward in a very invitational one of several options kind yep. of way mm-hmm. but that the client heard it as homework you know well this is what you have to do because yeah. that's kind of what we expect from media depictions of therapists as this all-knowing kind of person who tells us and what to do and fixes our problems which is what we really need to get away from because therapists are just human beings who are just as fucked up as everyone else i can tell you i know lots of them yeah <laughs> but you know what they are there for is to give you an hour where it's your space yeah. and where they can be really present to you and and help you through things with the expertise that they do have yeah. um hopefully empowering you to find your path by yeah. giving you you know ideas and suggestions but definitely not like telling you what to do it's only over 50 minutes though isn't it 50 so minute 50 hour minutes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't go over time um so, <laughs> um, so the other thing that we need to bring in here as well is this view that sometimes solo sex is seen as kind of like um, like a treatment yeah. somehow for partner sex. And again, because we've talked about talked about this all the time, but if you're new to our podcast, you might not know. But we always say things like uh, solo sex is sex. Exactly. There is partner sex. There are solo sex. They are both sex. The clue is in the title. Yes, <laughs> they, they both, both count. Both totally legit forms of sex. Yeah. So yeah, seeing the one as practice for the other or treatment for the other is not a really great way to see it. I mean, we wouldn't be mm. asking somebody to do partner sex as a way of figuring out what's going on for us in solo sex. No, exactly. So, um, yeah. You know, though it might be that there are some. We'll talk about some of the potential mm. benefits of exploring solo sex as opposed to partner sex, but we do need at this point just to really be flagging up that they're two very different kinds of sex which both come with a lot of their own stuff like Mm. solo sex might seem to be uh, quite a low stakes activity something quite safe but for a lot of people that might feel really quite um, really quite tough stuff absolutely well think about how we talk about it culturally as well you know we call somebody a wanker yeah right it's not not a nice thing to call somebody we also call somebody a fucker though as well we we? do we do it's true but there is stigma around solo sex it's seen as like not as good and there's all like your hands all your hands get hairy do you go blind do your eyes get hairy stunts your growth yeah it's bad for people is the idea yeah yeah um yeah Mm -hmm. uh lots of things Mm. yeah Lots of, lots of also really ableist things, let's point that out. Yeah, <laughs> now yeah, I'm yeah. thinking about it. It's yeah, like, it's there's shocking. nothing wrong with being blind or having small growth. Yeah. No, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, it comes with it a whole set of... Um, yeah. yeah, so um, stigma, but, stigma against both yeah, masturbation and a, a number of disabilities there that are yeah. going to get linked together in the popular imagination. Yeah, it's true, but I think... criticise the whole thing. It's also, it's like, it's also to do with, like, uh, ah, we need to get a historian on. We know a soaring or two can talk us through. We do. Yeah. Yeah, the, the history of wanking would be a really excellent episode with a yeah. historian. This book is for everyone. I've made me and friends I shared it with feel valued and ready to tackle things we've been finding difficult to negotiate in our relationships and sexual lives. That's a review of our book, Enjoy Sex, How, When and If You Want To. Available now in all good and not good bookshops.
get into some of the reasons why the, why a therapist might suggest it or why it might be worth considering before yeah. we also then talk about a number of reasons why maybe you wouldn't want to do it and that's fine let's do that mm-hmm. so uh yeah so like we were talking about in a couple of our um more recent podcast episodes um there's this uh, this difficulty of that that people aren't really taught enough about how their bodies for, for one people aren't mm. really taught enough about how bodies work yeah. eh? but also people aren't given um, any, very much an invitation to figure out how their body works for them mm-hmm. again partially because of the stigma around it but also thinking about you know what arousal feels like so this could be something that solo sex might be something that somebody might suggest is that really to understand what um, throbbing, for example, throbbing genitals might feel like. Yeah. You know what? Feel, what does it feel like when blood rushes into the genital area, mm-hmm. the broader genital area, and gets trapped in there, which is what happens mm-hmm. in all the erectile tissue that's in and around there. And mm-hmm. what does the relaxation of the muscles around there feel like? And what does if we produce our own lubrication, what does that feel like? And just really yeah. understanding what that the possibilities I suppose definitely and kind of leading on from that then I suppose if you're having partnered sex and you're wanting to think you know am I am I in a place where I want x y or z to happen Mm. you're going to be more potentially more able to know that like because you're familiar with that embodied response it's like oh that is happening yeah or that's really not happening yeah um and yeah solo sex can be a real safer environment for some people to experience those kind of things so that then they, they can bring that knowledge in yeah mm-hmm. yeah totally yeah um the other thing is that um it's that with partner sex as well as it being difficult to for many people to um really figure out what kind of arousal feels people with partner sex because they're because this is in inverted commas normal sex we've got all of the societal expectations that all the cultural expectations of Mm. in inverted commas normal sex that it has to be penetrative and it has to be done in this particular way which takes us away from how we might feel about whether this is something we're tuning into and enjoying or not but Mm -hmm. it's also really easy to consider our partner's pleasure above our pleasure yeah um and or for our partner's pleasure to be confused with our pleasure Mm -hmm. and that again comes with it i think a lot of the reasons for that are a lot of the gendered kind of messages that we get yeah so for example if we're talking about men and women men are taught that uh, sex is innately pleasurable and you have to get it even to the point of the other person not necessarily enjoying it as long as you're enjoying it that's yep. the key mm-hmm. and women are taught that they have to do the opposite really and to be facilitate desirable. the pleasure yeah, for the and, other person and that the thing they're mainly getting out of sex is keeping the relationship going or being desirable to another person like that's actually there in a bunch of sex advice which is really disturbing exactly yeah. and that doesn't just apply to men and women having sex with each other it's that mm. they're some of the cultural scripts that we can all take on and as well out there that we have grown up with and we've um, we may have invested in so Mm -hmm. sometimes it can be very hard passing the difference between what it is that we're really into for us and what it is that we're really into for the other person wheel of consent stuff actually yeah it is the wheel of consent by betty martin is worth a look if people aren't familiar with it yeah you wrote a a really great blog post oh yeah there's a blog post on rewriting the rules about it um but also betty martin's really really um generous with her materials so there's lots of like youtubes and stuff on her website to to read about the wheel of consent or to watch videos about it 
Um, so yeah, so solo sex can be, I guess, we're saying, a great place to kind of lift that expectation of mm. others away, so that you can experience some kind of sexual encounter without it, without anyone else being present. So you yeah. can find out what sex is like for you without that whole like, am I being desirable enough? Am I performing well enough? Kind of pressure. And within that, you know, potentially finding what activities you enjoy the most away from again an expectation of this is what counts yeah. like with self-pleasure you know it really is all about what do you find most pleasurable <laughs> so yeah. you know you can let your mind wander wherever it wants to go and you can let your hands wander wherever they want to go or toys or whatever totally i mean mm. it is like a, an invitation for people to think about a different form of enjoyment but yeah. i guess the other thing there is to think about well what kind of enjoyment is it that people are getting from partner sex that they couldn't get from yeah solo sex and maybe it is a different kind of intimacy that yes. they're looking at so i guess um, inviting people to think about solo sex might actually start to help them to think about well what is what does sexual pleasure mean to me yeah you know is it actually all about sensations or as you say is it more to do with is are the fantasies that I could be exploring or is it intimacy or is it that I'm doing in inverted commas normal sex yeah or is it that I'm being very um, well, I guess you might, you know, again, with this particular person, what you might discover from solo sex is that it doesn't do it for you. And that, yeah, it's that kind of, this Moshe idea, which I think we talked about before, this guy Moshe who came up with this, like, sex can be about roles or it can be about going yeah, into yeah. a trance or it can be about um, intimacy with another person. Mm-hmm. So I guess for people who are super high on intimacy with another person, it may be that solo sex doesn't really do it for them unless yeah. it is that they fantasize during, yeah. during solo sex about sex with another person. But yeah, if your big need from sex is around intimacy, mm. then, you know, that's a totally legit thing as well. Yeah. Mm. So there's some of the reasons why um, why a therapist might consider solo sex. Um, but there are many reasons why people might not want to do solo sex as well, which I think mm. is important that we talk about because we are sex critical sex and relationships advisors we are uh we're not the kind of oh isn't sex great all the time every like you must do all the different kinds of sex including all the different kinds of solo sex no I mean, what do you imagine i mean imagine what you think our studio looks like dear listener it's not you know wall-to-wall dildos is it no and, it's not wall-to-wall dildos you know and porn mags no no it's not it's a cat to a half drunk mug of tea and some pens and some flowers yeah bookcase (laughs) some pictures on the wall (laughs) we're not that kind of sex advisor I'm sorry to disappoint you everyone no we're not we should have done an Instagram story about our non-existent sexy (laughs) studio that we don't do other does like Dan Savage have like a a room of dildos I don't I don't think so I'm thinking about that soundproofing and maybe like you could do it all with sex toys like instead of like the soundproofing it'll be butt plugs or something like yeah I mean what you know you, you could do it with egg boxes and foam but you know that that would be very sexy for a lot of people yeah absolutely foam's actually super useful actually for a lot of people with um disabilities having sex there are a lot of like yeah. foam cushions that are kind of easier to put your body and, in particular yeah. positions so you don't have to be really uncomfortable yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yay foam yay so foam's good that's the kind of <laughs> <laughs> how did we get onto this <laughs> and we're not so we're not like sex pause and we're not sex we, we are sex critical there's a whole podcast about it if you don't know what that means uh, we got it from our friend lisa downing didn't we yeah she came up with the idea sex critical was a middle way in a way between sex pause and sex neg i like it yeah so yes so we again like just would never say anyone should have any particular kind of sex, no. sex. and with solo sex you know uh, there are strong cultural taboos in a lot of cultures against 
uh, solo sex and it's up to people whether they choose to resist those taboos you know or to or to go along with them yeah. or even if they do you know resist them kind of on an intellectual level it still might mean that solo sex just isn't very enjoyable yeah. for someone who's you know we can't step outside of culture exactly no yeah. matter what you might feel about the mm. the uh, taboos all the the cultural scripts around uh, solo sex that's you know for you to to think about but yeah if you're mm. if you're if you've grown up with those and they're almost like seeped into your person yeah. can make it really hard to enjoy yeah um, and as i think you said like that could be triggering for some people from early experiences mm-hmm. also some folks with gender dysphoria just don't want to touch their genitals and yeah. that's completely legit you yeah. know some again it may be hard in terms of some disabilities and chronic pain conditions and people may just not like it so yeah. it is fine to not like solo sex or not completely completely yeah. and utterly fine mm-hmm. and other people might i mean i often have people writing to my website saying you know after they've had solo sex that they kind of enjoy it to begin with and then afterwards they feel an intense sense of shame about it and yeah. it's like well you know that that is something that you could look at but also you could look at not doing it and that would be okay too exactly and it might be there's a time in your life you know it, it might be that yeah it's like not something you want to do right now at yeah. some point you might want to address that shame and you, you may get to a different point with your body at a future point but if you're not there right now you don't need to force it and push it like and it's not very compassionate to try and force yourself and that's the key isn't it yeah whilst we're trying to be we'd also at the same time encourage people to be present with their body and curious about their body and mm. what might be happening the most important thing is that we're consensual with that body and not yeah. making ourselves do a thing totally. not making ourselves do in inverted commas normal sex or yeah what it is people are supposed to do but yes. we need to be really that's the first and foremost most important thing it is indeed best book about sex ever in my humble opinion that's a review of our book, Enjoy Sex, How, When, and If You Want To. Available now on Kindle and in paperback. So what else could people do if they wanted to maybe do some of those same things? Um, like, the, So the therapist may be saying, you know, the solo sex might be helpful to yeah, to learn about consent, to learn about your body, to mm-hmm. learn what you enjoy, etc. And this person doesn't want to do solo sex. Are there other things they could do to learn those things that are mm-hmm. not solo sex? I mean, the solo sex, which might not involve touching, mm-hmm. for one. So yeah. it could just be um, uh, reading something or mm-hmm. allowing yourself to fantasise about something or mm-hmm. looking at something or listening to something. Yeah. Um, for example, our friend Girl on the Net has uh, releases audio porn as part of her Patreon oh, yeah. offer. So yeah, that, well know, recommended. To, uh, some sexy stories or something. And we've got a great zine available about sexual fantasy if we people do. are interested in uh, learning about those more. Yeah. That would be a good place to go. What's the title again? Understanding Ourselves Through Erotic Fantasy? Yes, it is. is Thank it? you. Well done for remembering <laughs> that. You really ought to remember that by then. Yes. Um, that, so, that you might find that useful. But yeah. all, I mean, when we talk about solo sex, again, in in the way that we talk about all forms of sex, that it doesn't have to involve the thing that you think it involves. Exactly. Like, so I think a lot of people, and I guess in a way we've been assuming this through yeah. the podcast so far, is that we're talking about touching your own genitals. Mm. But actually there's so many other things than that. You know, so it might be it's that you don't like the think the feeling of your hands on your genitals while there's loads of sex toys it might be that you don't want genital touch where you could touch other parts of your body mm-hmm. it might be that you don't like touch and it could be fantasies it might be you don't want it to be erotic you know maybe you're asexual well you could do more sensual experiences yep. or focus on something else so mm-hmm. like you can learn the same sort of stuff about pleasure and being present mm-hmm. and consent in so many different ways yeah yeah and also you can learn about by doing that you can learn about how your whole body 
uh, reacts. Mm. Uh, so we're not just so that again, you're not. I mean, I, can, I think we've also focused on genitals in terms of thinking about arousal, but mm. you can think about how your whole body might be feeling uh, tingly if you're having a nice cold shower or a hot shower or yeah. a perfect shower temperature, you know, and uh, how that might just the feeling of the water on your skin and the feeling of embodiment that you get from yeah. the sensations on your body and how exploring that stuff I mean that is like essential experience that can yeah and again I keep returning to this idea that feels like around so much more I mean it was all the way through our book enjoy sex how one of you want to but I just feel like it, it feels even more live and real to me now it's like if people could just be doing the things together and alone that feel super present and super consensual mm it would be a way better world like even if that meant all you were doing was eye gazing or kissing Mm -hmm. or touching each other's hands or having a shower Mm. alone or together like and you never went beyond that until it felt okay to go beyond that and if it never did that's fine Mm. like that would be so much better world than trying to go all the way to this particular outcome or particular kind of physical act exactly so much better and also ironically i think so much like hotter as well yeah. potentially yeah, you know um, exactly because if really you only had if the tools available to you in terms of sex in terms of like act, sexual activities were looking at somebody's eyes stroking their hands mm-hmm. and kissing them or something mm-hmm. or being by yourself and having a series of baths or something yes. like they would become pretty damn sexy mm-hmm. after a while because the thing is is that we often don't just give ourselves permission to do these things for long enough because there's always the thinking about what happens next. And yeah. that's the thing we need to stop doing is yeah. stop thinking about next yeah. and think about now. Yes. Um, and that can make it can make our experiences more erotic, more sensual, but also um, more intimate for ourselves. Mm. The, the different kinds of pleasure that we yeah. can get from sex, we can get from those things. Sorry, I went on. No, it's really, it's, it's, it's better on every level. And then, you know, on the really vital level of consent, you know, it's like you're just not going into anything that even strays into the realm of non-consensual. Yeah. Because, you, you know, the minute you're not present, you're like, oh, let's go back a stage. Yeah, you know, and if you, if you're doing this with somebody else and you can facilitate that with them and mm. do that for yourself, then that's you know then yeah you're doing very well there. Yeah, you know, that's exactly. What we all need to that be would be for. like so much you know that would be so much more like give yourself an A star like if yeah. you touched hands for like a, an hour or kissed mm-hmm. for half an hour and, and and didn't go any further because when you did it didn't feel like you were as present so you went back to that and just did yeah. that that would be like so much more than like let's go through this whole routine and nobody's really enjoyed it yeah. you know yeah totally yes <laughs> uh, okay. uh, that's so again if you're new to our podcast that's uh, this this might sound like gold if you've been listening to our podcast over the past 50 yeah. so episodes sorry that was all pretty familiar but well, you know it's, it's sort of, good it's, to have it reinforced it's sort of new every time it's one of those things that uh, because it's the culture is so opposing to that for me like even though I've been writing and thinking about this for decades mm. like whenever I return to that kind of idea that we just discussed it feels kind of a newness it feels like remembering something i'd forgotten yeah Yeah. totally Mm. uh yeah so the other things that you could do like in terms of solo is like if you really want to go anywhere that was remotely sexual sensual Mm -hmm. erotic you were talking about eating and drinking can be quite a good thing if if those aren't like traumatic or loaded things for you whatever the things that you find potentially Mm. enjoyable for yourself or even just like watching something on the tv or going to 
you know, run a walk, yeah. Whatever the things that you find enjoyable, like it might be a form of exercise or something. But really, mm. I think a lot of the time, if 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 a therapist is suggesting solo sex as a way of getting mm. in tune with your wants and needs and yeah. being present to yourself, there are lots of different ways that you can practice doing that. Even just being in bed, like you know, that's something that most of us are doing at some point. You know, like yeah. you could. What is the most present, pleasurable, consensual way of you know getting into bed and ready for sleep for example yeah you know what's really cozy and really snuggly for you or yeah. you know what what would that involve what would that routine be like you know totally mm, um, there's a thing i about this is a there's a an article i wrote at bish which you could check out which is about mm. choosing a chocolate bar so um if you like me you enjoy eating a bar of chocolate next time you go to the shop or you're passing a shop just go in and really and you fancy a bar of chocolate think about okay which one are we going with and really give yourself that time even if the shopkeeper pressure uh, or there are people standing around you <laughs> really just try to breathe and think okay do I want dark do I want um, milk do I want white uh, white or white chocolate mm-hmm. or do I want something with nuts in yeah. or do I want something really sugary do I want something new or old or something that's kind of snappy or something yeah. which kind of melts in my mouth or something and just that just practice bringing things like that basically yes. until I can just help try and do it in the same way that's like pres- present present consensual and with pleasure like as yeah kind of and, and yeah. learning about your impulses to uh, to not do those and to come back and to keep coming back to your body when you do find yourself kind of veering yes. away from it. Again, Consent Cat here is often such a good um, role model for us all because while we're talking, she is very clearly requesting sensual pleasure yeah. <laughs> from me and getting it. So. Yeah, 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 it's nice. <laughs> she just keeps giving me this look that's like, please switch my head some more. You're not giving me enough attention. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, like if somebody really doesn't want to do the solo stuff, they could think about partnered stuff that was that wasn't the sex. Mm. Um, so generally, I guess therapists suggest stuff that takes the pressure off. Um, and we've got loads of podcasts about like all the things that you can do that aren't penis and vagina sex, mm-hmm. all about the things you can do that are more about sharing fantasies or talking with each other. Um, and the kind of non-sexual things that you can do that help with the intimacy or mm-hmm. help with just having fun with each other and learning how to do that or help with clearing space if there's conflicts and tension. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, you know, again, talk, and the therapist should have plenty of ideas about other stuff you could be doing on that partner level. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so finally, we're going to just come to the therapist. I mean, a lot of, some of our advice here has been for the therapist therapist but it's mostly being for the um the person the therapy the what's the what's the, the client, client, yeah. uh, client let's, let's the call them a client yeah. um so mm. um I, I think you'll know more about this than i do andrew so i'll let you do this but i'll mm. uh kick us off but you know i guess the sometimes i think we've touched on this as well as that sometimes particularly i think with sex therapy they mm. seen that there is like because a lot of the ideas of sex therapy came from Masters and Johnson and yeah. came from this idea of this is what sex should be like and this is what functional sex is. Yes. That that's, they wrote the template for it. And actually, yeah. if we could all be a bit more Kinsey, 
slash <laughs> and, or a bit more person centered yes. then it might we might have better tools and better responses but I think we would do yeah that's what a lot of therapists do already of course yeah the whole sexual dysfunction model is a really poor one you know because it expects bodies to work in certain ways and has a template of what good sex looks like or normal sex look like against which everything else is judged and I've written a lot of rants about this you could read one of them in my book uh, The Psychology of Sex yeah <laughs> if you want the overview of why this is a really rotten way of seeing sex um, uh, it's a really great book thank you I found it it's super useful wee. it's really cheap so you know like, yeah. get hold of a copy <laughs> but yeah like um, the person I really like on this is Peggy Kleinplatz um, who I referenced in that book I'm sure um for sex, for sex therapists there's a really good book that she's edited called New Directions in Sex Therapy so basically she's all about how can we get away from this goal-directed focus mm-hmm. of sex therapy towards a much more person-centered as you say and kind mm-hmm. of pleasure-focused approach mm-hmm. um, and she points out that a lot of sex therapy is really trying to get people to have very mediocre sex mm-hmm. rather than you know and that we could have be- better aspirations for clients like yeah. if, you know giving them amazing intimate connections for example yeah. or getting to them a point to a point of transcendence you know yeah. It's like we could do a lot better than mediocre once a week PIV. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, and 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 client practice is all about embodiment as well. It's all about mm. like you know what's your body telling you if it, you know, is struggling to get erections or arousals mm. or orgasms or if it's feeling painful. Um, so yeah, like have a read of client practice if you're a sex therapist and like really try and dismantle this whole approach of this is normal sex that we should try and get our clients having it's Mm. totally fine if they never have sex again it's totally fine you know if they have only kinky sex it's Mm -hmm. totally fine you know whatever is the outcome so long as it's consensual Mm -hmm. that's what we should be aiming at and like if sex therapy itself is in you know shot through of power imbalances and Mm non-consensual pressure for to do certain things then that person's never going to get there that way no and all it's going to do is to create more clients for more sex therapy well yes and do you want to be part of that industry capitalism we've ended up back there yet again (laughs) capitalism makes everything bad but please do buy us (laughs) (laughs) well we live under it but once we've dismantled it we'll find another way we'll give you a free podcast you can buy our stuff that's like a fair trade of (laughs) anyway um so yeah i think that's uh about it isn't it yes i think that's all we have to say about that um you've so if you've enjoyed our podcast please uh as i say please subscribe to us and also leave us a review that'd be awesome Uh, itunes that'd be great you could also read our book enjoy sex how and then if you want to available from all good booksellers yeah um and again you could read leave a review on for example amazon or goodreads which would help us to raise awareness that'd be great um, we're a bit quiet on the social medias at the minute, but uh, no we're on, on all those. But we will be, <laughs> we will be back. <laughs> we're on all those social medias that you've heard about. Uh, yeah. But please do just tell your friends. In I think it's hard for people to tell people about a sex and relationships podcast that they yeah. listen to on social media because you know people like to have like a public and private. Mm. People have like a public and private life, and some I think this is very much just people. A lot of people prefer to keep this stuff private. So yeah. Uh, you might want to share it through WhatsApp or Telegram or yeah. texts or telling people about it. Just whisper into their ear. Oh, so they make John adjust. 
she definitely listened to that. <laughs> you know, that's our kind of viral. Isn't yeah, that'd be really? fine. Yeah, because <laughs> we would never pressure you to do anything. Only invite. Yes, please, please do that. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, I guess until next time. Bye. Bye.